Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about what's weighing on our minds. I'm Trevor Kizon. I'm uh, I am the the fat Carrie Bradshaw of the group. <laughs> Michael, no. if you don't my, know, my cracks are showing. So my my pop culture knowledge is basically zero. <laughs> uh, I, well, introduce I'm, yourself. I'm Michael. I'm a chaser, and I didn't get the reference. Uh, that's, you're, that's, that's Michael's me. the Miranda. Okay. Uh, I, I feel like that's a bad thing. I think Charlotte. He's Charlotte. No, he's Miranda. <laughs> oh, is it Sex in the City? He's a hardworking work boy. <gasps> I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I understood that reference. <laughs> he's the hardworking work boy, like Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Charlotte. My name is Don Marshall. I am a chubby guy living here in sunny California. And I am, I, I suppose I'm Mr. Big by default. Ooh, oh, I like that. My name is Dan Oliverio, an author and public speaker. I'm a chaser, and I'm definitely Samantha. That that seems about right. Yeah. I, I did you just declare yourself our protagonist. I declared myself the protagonist. <laughs> I thought Samantha was no, no. no. Sam- Samantha Someone has not the, seen Sex in the City. Uh, I've never seen an episode. <gasps> Okay, well, Wait. so when we're all quarantined, so half of us haven't seen Sex in the City, and we're all sitting here in my 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 living room next to the TV, which we have access to after the show. And Dan did bring that thermos of cosmos. I'm singing the theme song for those. I was going to say, is that the theme song? I assume other people get it. Okay, I have no idea. So, welcome to the show. Um, it is very early today. No, it's great. It's, it's a great morning to be alive, uh, Michael. Somebody, somebody <laughs> requested that we record a little bit earlier. And when I say a little bit, I mean far too early. I it's not that early. Everything. I am the like. Okay, let's do this. And it's it's not that bad. No, no it's not. I well, I okay. So I woke up about an hour and a half ago, and I installed a bidet this morning. So I'm already tired. Ooh. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, it's the the fancy schmancy. The bidet from the you can see on our uh, big fat gay list thing. It is. And well, I, I mean, say, we're in the middle of a toilet paper crisis in yes, Los Angeles, so it's, it's very appropriate. This is a, a very weird time to be alive. It's uh, I've been thinking about, and it's especially weird if we make like any kind of reference to the situation in the world right now, the coronavirus <laughs> outbreak, because it could be so different by the time this episode drops. Right. Um, yeah. It's currently Thursday, March 12th. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, or everything could be much, much better. No, it's no. not. It's going to be worse. <laughs> it's just like what degree of worse? Like, yeah. Well, I just wanted to say that even though I am a, a, a bit sleepy, uh, installing the bidet was super, super easy. Um, now you, you know, you might have to have somebody do it. It depends on kind of what your ability is to like bend over and like turn knobs. But if you can get that far, um, it's really straightforward. And and it was like thirty five bucks. Yeah, like, it's it's lovely. Yeah. I haven't tested it yet, but I will let you know. Oh, I, I <laughs> I'm just picturing test. him going to the bathroom, pause of a minute, and then just a scream. Yeah, the bathroom. <laughs> I think I may left have... it on the rocket setting. <laughs> He's pinned to the ceiling. He's gone through the roof. <laughs> I think I may have christened it because oh. I did notice that it was a little like I think that was the first time like it went. Yeah, it would have been. It also, went, it went where. I, I'm motioning with my hands there right were, now. So there, it was see. fits and bursts. Fits and bursts. I, it may have also been slightly installed off center because of the way that my toilet is shaped. Which, by the way, I looked at my toilet and I looked at the bidet and I was like, there's no way this thing's getting on there. But wouldn't you know it? It yep. got on there just fine. So if you guys want some help, I'm happy to give you help from a distance. In brown <laughs> 
Um, so Trevor, I you you posted about this over the week, but uh, there's a particularly hilarious and ironic story amazing. that um, I can't wait to share because apparently there are more details than even yes. I've heard. So so for those of you that follow us on social media, uh, specifically Instagram, you'll see that on the podcast uh, Instagram I shared something from my personal Instagram. It was Monday. I woke up and I in my DMs I had a message from. Uh, a producer, a casting producer. Um, so this is the the message I received. Hi, Trevor. I'm a casting producer for TLC's My 600 Pound Life. <gasps> I came across your Instagram and wanted to get in touch because we are currently searching for people for the upcoming filming season. We're searching for individuals weighing 500 pounds or more who are ready to embark on a year-long journey to regain their health. The ideal candidate is male or female, over 18, weighs between 500 and 800 pounds, lives in the continental and lives in the continental U.S. If approved by the show's physician, selected individuals will also receive gastric bypass surgery. If this applies to you and you're interested in being considered, I'd love to chat with you more about the details. Alternatively, if you know someone else who may want to be considered for the show, please feel free to share. Um, so, if you <laughs> want to be on the show... Uh, but... I was just, and like, I, I clicked on the links they provided. It is a real casting agency. This is a real person. I Googled them. Um, and my reply was, hi, kindly go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, it's important to be courteous. Uh, I thought you were going to become our mole. Like, yeah, work so the, way. I, yeah, there could have been an interesting play here, but. Well, so the first things, so. I'm not over 500 pounds. That's what I was going to say. Um, but maybe you look it. I mean, I guess I was like, okay. well, it's, it's an honor to be considered. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> it's, so I was just so I, I had so many different parts of my brain were activated at once <laughs> that it was just this like electrical storm of like trying to process this. So I posted it in my stories and then I was like, oh, I want to put it in my post too and kind of add some tags so people see this. Cause I'm like, I can't be the only one that got this, but I was like, they clearly did a little research, but not much. So like, why me? <laughs> what you're saying is that really they didn't fat? look into who you are at all. <laughs> I mean, I, well, he's fat. What else could there be? Yeah. I mean, we only come in one flavor. The fact that he's yeah. a co-host of a podcast that embraces no, no, fat but the, people. But, but and no, the, the inquiry stops there. You're <laughs> fat. Um, that's really all I need to know. Yeah. But so then once I shared it, people started to say, like, there was, um, I don't want to share her information because I didn't really clear it with her, but uh, another uh, very fat woman who also has a fat positive podcast messaged me like, hey, yeah, I got this too, but I got it from a different person. Hmm. And then um, a friend of the podcast's uh, girlfriend messaged me saying, hey, I got the, the same thing too. And we were going back and forth. I'm like, I'm just dying to know their logic. And she said, uh, oh, well, did you ask them? And I was like, <laughs> well, no. Kind of burned that bridge. Um, but they found the people they were messaging on Instagram through uh, a certain hashtag that is basically a, a marker of very fat people. Hmm. But it is fat positive at the same time. I, I'm just curious. Like, yes, it's predatory. But on the other hand, it's it's also dumb. I mean, how likely are they going to get somebody who is trying to be fat positive and embrace their size? You're then going to say, hey, well, be on the show and lose the weight. Like, once again, you are laboring under the misapprehension <laughs> that they think fat people are people. Oh, they are simply fat. Such an idiot. They are fat bodies to be cured. That is as far as the show is interested. So literally just 
shotgun approach. Absolutely. No, the the fact that they would be human beings and have a feeling about this. No, look, do you want to be in? Do you want to be out? Oh, okay. I guess, I guess go fuck yourself means no. Got it. (laughs) Moving on. Well, and it's like they, I'm sure they got a lot of that. Um, So Trevor, what did you do about it? Like after you looked up the, the fee and uh, I mean, nothing. I'm not, (laughs) there were a lot of people who were like, Oh, well you need to go in. You need to register. You need to, this is where you get play the, the Mission Impossible like, yeah. music. Yeah, <laughs> I get them to believe Wait. that you are part of this, and then I, I reveal that, like, no, I'm actually like okay, like I don't <laughs> actually. I've been getting fatter, <laughs> um, and uh, the there were people um, like, oh, well, are you going to do it? Mm. Oh, do it for yeah. real. And I was like, and like people, it's like you know me better than that. Like, people really who knew you asked yeah. if you were going to actually do it, which and may like, explain why they're casting such a broad net. Like, um, well, maybe you will do it. But that being said, this is kind of a good way to go into the topic for the week, um, right? So the day this all happened, I had Pilates, and my Pilates instructor listens to the podcast. Uh, I know he's kind of behind right now. Mm. Um, he's actually still on the Valentine's Day episode. He keeps. <laughs> He keeps re-listening to it. He keeps, he keeps uh, falling asleep around the the chocolate diet. And, okay, uh, pretty far then. Yeah, but then he has chocolate dreams. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he actually uh, bought. Like, he was, uh, <laughs> um, but I had recently a uh, discussion with him because the Pilates studio just got all new equipment, and one thing that they have been unsure of is they they can't find out like the weight limit for. Uh, some of these machines specifically there's one with like springs and everything and it uses weight resistance um, and he's like oh do you know how much you weigh and I said no even though I do and mm. I was just like I don't I didn't really want to like I don't have to handle the, the reaction, reaction if there was it. a reaction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Dan has talked about this before kind of the issue of coming out as fat yeah and i do seminars in a lot of different places and this happened to be in berlin and it was uh, a group of women and i was talking about how the experience of chubby chasers coming out of the closet and i said you know you know you don't really have to come out as fat because everybody knows you're fat and this woman from denmark put up her hand and she said oh yes you do hmm. and i said tell me about that and she explained that a lot of people live in the fat closet that nobody you don't admit it and nobody talks about it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a verboten topic and if you're uh, and, th- and this eventually made its way into my book, but basically you're in the fat closet if you and your friends relate to your time together like you're all the same size. So you go to a restaurant and you don't fit in the booth, but nobody says anything because you're in the fat closet and no one's allowed to mention it. Mm-hmm. And you're uncomfortable in the movie seat, but no one's going to say anything, including you, because you're in the fat closet. And it's this idea that it's absolutely verboten to acknowledge the reality of your needing more space. And it, it doesn't have to always be in the realm of physical size. It can be in the realm of uh, eating. Like, no, I no, I don't want to go to the vegan restaurant. Oh, well, <laughs> or, I mean, no one wants to go to the vegan right. restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, but, or being, but the idea of being shamed into, well, you know, you're really fat. You should be going to the vegan. And who are you to protest the vegan, you know, the vegan food that you really should be eating fatty, you know, like all that nonsense that one can put on oneself. And let me just establish, there's nothing dietetic about vegan food. It can be just as fattening as everything else. In many cases, it's a lot more caloric and has a higher fat content. But that's that's neither here nor there. Going back to two episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, but that, and so she really gave me a really good education and loan. There is is a fat closet that a lot of fat people live in. So what does that, so Trevor, like I, I feel like as, 
as people go, you're, I would say, quote unquote, fairly well adjusted when it comes to issues around your weight. You've been able to sort of teach your family how to deal with you and, and you've managed a lot of these things with grace and aplomb. So when this moment happened recently, what was going through your head? I think, especially afterwards, like Uh, what, how did it look for you? So my thing with that was I have learned that in being more outspoken about being fat, there is then kind of like cleanup that you have to do with like when you are so comfortable with something as taboo as fat, it can activate other people's issues. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So then, you know, I wrote my article for the New York times about being fat at the gym. And as part of that, uh, I was, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I need to disclose my weight in the article to give people a real sense of like, cause fat is so subjective because for some people, you know, fat may be 180 pounds and mm-hmm. for other people it is, you know, Oh, that's like someone who's on my 600 pound life. Right. Right. And when I, you know, I was in a, a writer's workshop talking about this and someone said, if I knew your weight, it would completely like I would get sidetracked and I would need to know a million things. Like I would just, it would raise all these questions in my head. Because the number is so, just the it's number. so activating yes. for people. Oh, right. interesting. It's so reactivating for people that all of a sudden they it claims all their body issues. How much do I weigh? How much do I want to weigh? How much should I weigh? Blah, 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 right. blah, 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 blah. And and then your article goes out the window. Yes. Okay. And that that makes sense. it completely changes their listening of me talking about my experience because yeah. they might just get unstuck on like, oh my god, that's like that's that's so that's so high. And for the most part, I'm pretty good about being like, oh, you know, I I can't do that because like my belly's in the way or. Uh, you mean when they're proposing a, a yes, movement? Yes, normally exercise. in Pilates, I'm mm-hmm. pretty good about that, where I can, I'll say, like, oh, I can't do that because my belly gets in the way, or, you know, uh, oh, that's not really going to work just because of how I'm built. Right. And I had another uh, experience recently where my it was, uh, I, I didn't ever say this to my friend, cause, but I know they're listening, so it was their wedding uh, this past December, and we were going, the wedding was at uh, this historic house, and we were going to be staying there, and... I saw some pictures and I'm like, I don't really know like what the, I, I saw some pictures of bathrooms. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to fit in that shower. I knew that there was, um, and it, it was a you know, small town. So I'm like, there's a inexpensive hotel nearby that like will not be full. I looked into it. So I'm like, I will handle this as it plays out. Um, but you had a plan B, I think is what's important. Yes. I had a plan B. I, it wasn't that I was like uncomfortable disclosing this. I was like, this is a, you know, my friend's wedding and I don't want to kind of add unnecessary, like another thing for them to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So keeping context in mind. Yes. Yeah. I think one of the things that just uh, dancing around what you're saying is that the process of coming out as a fat person is not a one-time event, like coming out no, as it's, gay. It's something we go through all the freaking time yeah. in many, many different situations, just from going to a restaurant and having to have that conversation with people to any sort of travel. We, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why we talk about airplane travel so much yeah. on the show. To me, that is one of the biggest nightmares. And I obsess months in advance before flying somewhere. And I'm at that nether point. I'm that sort of that middle point where I can fit into airplane seats mm-hmm. mostly, but my shoulders are too broad too. Yeah. So like I'm just built wide on top of being fat. Mm-hmm. So I get so pent up and so anxious about this and that going up to the counter agent to have to come out as a fat person saying like, hi, if you happen to have 
an empty seat somewhere on the plane that I could sit next to, I would be ever so grateful. Well, I, I would say it is very much like coming out as gay because actually coming out as gay is situational. For example, you and your boyfriend, you and your husband go to a wedding out of town. This is not what happened, but for example, and the uh, person at the hotel desk says, oh, great, we've got a room with two double beds. That's happened to me. Right. And so you're out as a gay man, but in that moment you make the decision, Am I, are we going to, in front of this desk agent, request a, a, a king bed? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to say, okay, fine. And that's, that's what I mean by it is situational yeah, for being gay too. I hadn't considered that. That's and it true. is, and absolutely, you know, you can be out loud and proud as a fat person, but in this particular situation, are you going to say, excuse me, need second seat. Excuse me, we yeah. can't sit there. Excuse me, I don't want to go to that restaurant. And it's a case by case call. But I think you also, it's just, I'm curious if you have the same experience. I think we have different types of friends that relate to mm. fat differently. But like when I, I became comfortable talking about my body this way, relatively recently, like maybe 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And when I started growing more comfortable talking about my body and being fat to friends, suddenly it seemed like they had permission to do it too. Yeah. Uh, which then was, it was a healthy thing for me, but wildly uncomfortable, right? Oh, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. But I think, what did I, they, I, I'm, I'm having trouble with like picturing what that is since obviously it doesn't, I don't uh, experience I that. mean, it's just, it's hard to say, but it's just like where, like you might, I don't know. I, uh, this, this is a very strange example, but like how your friend has a neon green shag carpet <laughs> and you never talk about the neon green shag carpet and it is just something that's there. And then one day you finally say something about it or your friend says something about it. And then it's something that is oh, just in the conversation. God, we can talk about this. Yeah. Carpet. <laughs> this carpet is awful or it's wonderful or whatever, but all of a sudden it dominates conversation mm -hmm. for a little while. Well, Absolutely. Would you mind, do you have like an example, Don, of like where you had brought it up and then you're like, oh wow, we really are talking about this. Well, for me, like it was suddenly people were willing to cross certain boundaries that like the, uh, the creed upon silence of the closeted fat person, right? Right. When that goes away, there are suddenly suggestions that come towards you. So for example, for me, um, after this happened, I got a text from a friend like, I just had the best idea for you. Mm. You should go on The Biggest Loser. Oh, Whoa. Whoa. Right? Uh, and he thought it was a lovely, positive comment. He, he had no idea of all the other yeah. connotations there. Well, when I, when I'm um, or how freaking hurtful that was for me at that time. But you know, I'm, like, I'm thinking about, the, when, again, when you come out as gay, there's a lot of nonsense like that that also happens oh yeah there's a gay guy i work with like maybe you two should meet exactly or do you so, know each other yeah <laughs> maybe or like the, have you have you seen a therapist about that oh yeah maybe the maybe the takeaway here is that when you open that door and you say you know the god this neon green shag carpet and then suddenly you know you're able to talk about that with your friend or whoever and there's a sense of relief in that moment like oh like this thing that we've been kind of dancing around is now yeah. we've connected over this we are closer in a moment but then their way of experiencing or relating to the thing that's very personal to you is probably extremely limited maybe they haven't yeah. talked about that with anybody else and maybe they are totally blind to the fact that talking about the biggest loser is actually pretty damn insulting well, and i think there's an assumption like as we i don't i don't think it we all know it there's an assumption that your experience of your body and fatness is by default exactly the same as theirs because mm -hmm. how could it be anything else you know i didn't have like uh 
So here's a, here's an example of just how, how my life has changed since uh, associating with Michael and Dan. Uh, I mentioned this to you one time we were going to a restaurant. Whenever I go upstairs with a group of normal people, uh, normal, the normies, um, I always waited for them to go up ahead of me because I didn't want people standing behind and having to stare at my ass as I'm going up the stairs. Right? Did you think of that as doing them a favor or taking you out of the line of fire? Um, I think them the favor. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm aware I have a very large ass. (laughs) (laughs) So you didn't want to inflict your body on their viewage. Yeah, pretty much. And then uh, part of my coming out and and all this whole thing was once I started having the experience with the two of you, just realizing, like, they're not going to be staring at me in a negative way. I can be what I want to be. That started spilling over into other groups when I'm going out with people like, okay, I don't have to do what I've been doing. You know, fuck it. Own it be fine uh so for me my coming out process as a fat person is still in progress very much so i am not uh i am not trevor yet i aspire to be of being super comfortable with my body and my skin and i'm i'm flattered by that but i think all fat people are always kind of in process because i think there is so much um i mean i don't want to say baggage but taboo 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 and just you in and being out with it, you take on other people's baggage. Right. And you can, I think there, there's no such thing as perfectly well adjusted. Like yeah. you can, you can totally embrace yourself, but you, your sphere of influence where you are comfortable in your life cannot extend to 7 billion people. Like you, yeah. you can't like, as you start to go out into the world, which almost everyone does live out in the world in some way, like you have to start managing other people in, and, and, you can either become totally jaded and like totally cut off from your emotions, which I don't think is healthy or helpful. And then, yeah, maybe you're fine, but you're also cut off from your emotions because you're just trying to survive a situation. Or like I have a friend of mine who um, is totally comfortable and embraces his body, loves his body. He's a fat guy. And yet it's like what Don was saying. When he goes to an airport, he knows there's just going to be a whole, like everyone's going to be staring and everyone's going to be like going, God, I hope I'm not sitting next to that guy. And so his approach to it is just, I'm going to walk in and I am going to smile and I am going to say in my head over and over, I'm a supermodel. I'm a supermodel and everybody here (laughs) loves me. Being a geek, I call that going in and putting shields up. Yeah, it's a Star Trek <laughs> reference. Uh, yeah, I, I totally am aware when I'm slipping into that you will not penetrate me mode. Mm. You know, the, the advice we always give fat people is like, you have to love yourself. You have to be strong for yourself. It's really hard to keep those shields up all the time in a world that's constantly bombarding you with messages that are not positive to your self-image. What, again, is important, I think, is to really relate it back to coming out of the closet. Because the same advice you give to people coming out of the closet about being gay also applies to being fat. One of the things you tell people about coming out of the closet about being gay is you can't come out of the closet about being gay until you're okay with it. Because you are going to have to handle other people's reactions. And if you're not ready for that, you you know, then that's not a great time for you. I would like to challenge that, actually. I I mean, I think that's, I think that is an inherent sort of foundational element of coming out like you you have to come to a place where you are at least comfortable enough with yourself and accepting your, of yourself to then express it to other people who don't yes, know that's what i'm saying um, or may not know but i i think going back to the example of like walking into the uh walking into the hotel and the clerk there says oh we've got this double bed for you or so we got the two twin beds instead of the you know the king couple, size yeah. king size uh which has happened to me before mm-hmm. that is still 
still a journey. I mean, whether or not you decide to correct them or not, it's still confronting and it still can bring up issues of shame in somebody. It, and it, and so yes. you you haven't you you have taken huge steps towards sort of bettering your own life and your psyche and your emotional health, but you haven't totally paved over that problem. And when you're reminded of it, this is kind of what I was saying when you go out into the world and you're outside of your sphere of influence, like you are reminded of it by other people who don't know. Yes. But no coming out is an on off switch that happens once as Don said. Yeah. And what I was simply pointing out is you're right in the case of being fat, it's a case by case basis, but so too is it in the case of being gay. Now there's a difference because for a lot of people, you know, I present as straight. And so most people don't assume I'm gay. There are other people who do not present as straight. And that's kind of like they, they walk around in that all the time, much like a fat person always walks around in a fat person's body. They don't get the choice to disclose or not. What I am saying is that in coming out, you give yourself the choice of making that assertion. If you have not come out, you have no choice yet. I feel like there, I'm just going to throw this out as a uh, slight curveball on that. I don't disagree with either of you. I feel like uh, being both fat and gay, I feel like there's more variation coming out in, in people's reactions to me being gay than there is to them, to me being fat. Absolutely. It's mm. like, I feel like the reactions you get from being fat, like it only comes in like maybe four or five different flavors. And the, the gay thing could just be, I, I think what you're saying is that there's absolutely people out there in particular walks of life that you may encounter and they find out you're gay and they're like, awesome. Mm-hmm. Very few people out there are going like, wow, you're so fat. That's awesome. You know, except maybe me and Michael. <laughs> but if you, you know want, what? if you want a real, uh, if you want to feel really good about yourself, walk into a room full of chasers and come out as fat. <laughs> you will get applause. <laughs> but so it, it, that's why I keep going back to community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, the reason is gay men, we tend to group with other gay men, is that, oh, we don't have to explain that stuff. But if you're fat and gay, there's a lot more to explain. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot where, like, oh, that actually doesn't apply to me. If you're a chaser and you're gay, then you look like them, but you don't feel like them. I think you, would you agree with that, Michael? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have struggled my entire life feeling like I fit in somewhere. And it's taken me a long time to really hone in on why, because ostensibly I have a lot of overlap with, with friend groups. Right. Um, I'm a nerd, I'm a gamer, I'm a whatever, but there's always that like underlying thing of, well, I also like fat guys and that's a huge part of who I am and I don't express it or at least, up until fairly recently did not express that to anyone. I mean, that goes back to what we talked about last week where, you know, how much do you bring up about yourself when you're talking to your friends? Mm -hmm. And do you talk about say your own relationships and the fat guy that you're in love with? No, I didn't for a long time. It was just, you know, I was out in quotes, like people knew that I was dating, you know, Craig or Joseph or whoever, but that it was never something that I brought up. And that sort of feeling of like insulation kept me from feeling like I fit in anywhere. Right. Um, and I will say, again, sort of coming out as a chaser, especially since doing the show, honestly, uh, is really, really liberating. And I am feeling more and more comfortable just in life generally. Once you stop holding your breath, you can breathe. <laughs> yeah. Funny that. Like one of, the, one of the questions that people get all the time in the world, especially in America, is what do you do? Mm-hmm. And when people, you know, talking about coming out as a chaser or coming out as fat, I mean, I, I don't mean to equate the two, but there is a commonality to any coming out. 
Yeah. One of the things that happens to me a lot is people say, what do you do? And I say, well, <laughs> I talk about the issues that come up for people when fatness intersects with sexuality and relationship. So really in many cases, when I'm at a party, like the third question outs me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whereas that's not true for most chasers. Uh, it is true. Like, you know, most people you walk into, you know, if, if Don or Trevor walks into a party, pretty much everybody knows they're fat when they open their eyes. <gasps> it's, it's not really you. until I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm fat. and like, oh, I have heard that before. <laughs> if you wear that fashion designer's clothes, though, you may completely <laughs> distract people. It could just be your elbows that are fat. They never know. <laughs> because black, black is really slimming. Yes, and stripes, <laughs> vertical stripes. But what I'm saying is even I, because uh, so I, I go through that outing a lot. But even for me, there is always this speed bump I feel like I hit. Like, okay, we're going to say that. Okay, Mm. I'm going to disclose that. And believe me, I am very well practiced at this. It comes up in most of my social interactions with strangers. Mm -hmm. My friends already know. But in most interactions with strangers, I, I, I get outed very, very quickly. And even I have this speed bump to hit. And it is case by case. Like, you know, do I just say that or do I say, oh, well, you know, uh, I'm a writer. Right. Because that's right. true. Yeah. And maybe they'll, and maybe that'll take care of their curiosity and we won't have to talk about it. It gives me the choice, though. Being an out chaser gives me a choice that if I were not, I wouldn't have. Yeah. So like coming out as gay, coming out as fat has actually had a lot of benefits for me. Right. And it's, it's not just um, having to field awkward questions and suggestions for various weight loss shows I could go on. Um, But it's conversations with friends where suddenly we realize like, Oh, you've had people take things out of your shopping cart and put it back on the shelf too. You know, it's like solidarity. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. but it's and you know, Oh, your doctor sort of ignores your health problems the same way mine does. Like it's only by coming out that you can start realizing that these are not just theoretical things happening out in the world and to you. They're happening to people all around you. And that support network you can get from that, it can be very gratifying. Yeah, you can't come out. You can't find community unless you come out. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's where I was going to go with that, was like the, the walls we put up for ourselves to protect ourselves ostensibly are also the things that prevent us from feeling supported and connected with. Very true. Yeah, And it's I'm not to say that it's an easy decision to make, but if you can, I think that it will improve your life greatly. Yes. Um, well said well said sir he's just so he's so pithy he's so so clever so smart it's that first step is always hard but then and you know every time after that it gets easier and you don't have to do it every time like you know like i'm like i said kind of at the start i i didn't with that one interaction choose to go down that road because i didn't really want to handle the possible reaction Mm -hmm. with the pilates instructor yeah yeah so don do you have a bit i do yay i bought i brought fun fat related trivia for today is uh, it so when you say fun are we are we talking like fun or like heart, heart no matching? actually fun <laughs> okay. this time i've okay. gone out of my way to try and find <laughs> generally positive stuff um so th- you could argue that this man was the first fad diet inventor uh in 1087 england's royalty was still conscious about their appearance william the conqueror was no different and had packed on the pounds in his later years Uh, apparently he was having trouble riding one day and the king of france told him he looked like he was pregnant so (laughs) to lose weight to correct this did he one consume nothing but alcohol (laughs) two Uh. two 
make sure that all of his servants ate twice as much as he did, or <laughs> three, eat food only taken by force from lands he had conquered within the past year. Um, I'm going to go with two, just because that sounds... Okay. Michael believes he's made like his servants eat twice as much as Yeah, that sounds like somebody who's used to being in charge would just make people do. What would Trump do? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with one. Drink, it consumed nothing but alcohol. Yes. All right. Ooh, that's a toughie. Um, I'm going to go with the s- alcohol. Okay. Alcohol. Two for alcohol. All right. And the correct answer is... Consumed nothing but alcohol. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, <laughs> there was a version of uh, a low carb diet called the Drinking Man's Diet, and yeah, it, was it? Yeah, consume nothing but alcohol. Well, it, it, it wasn't. It was alcohol and beef. Like yeah. you could have steak. And oh God! Can you imagine living with that person? <laughs> <laughs> they were very happy. Oh, nobody else was be really sweaty all the time. <laughs> all right. Uh, going back to our old friend, John Harvey Kellogg, famed American weight loss pioneer, was also a songwriter. This is absolutely true. Are the tracks. <laughs> he, wrote, <laughs> he wrote a song called Choo Choo to celebrate what person's contribution to health and fitness. One, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who led the protest against the overly rich desserts served on train dining cars, lobbying to have them replaced <laughs> with fruit. <laughs> Two, Horace Fletcher, known as the Great Masticator, who advanced chewing food until it was completely liquefied and spitting out any solids that remained. Or three, Edgar Wallace Turnflap, who had choked to death on a sandwich during a sold-out stage performance. The resulting media frenzy uh, triggered a uh, fad where everybody made sure to chew their food a full 50 times before swallowing. I, I think the train, the t- replacing the train desserts, lady. Train desserts? Yeah, I think number one. I think one. number two, because I The Great like, Masticator, number yes. two. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's the Great Masticator. Okay. <laughs> and the answer is, yes, in fact, the Great Masticator. Yeah. Shoot. Uh, Horace Fletcher was a San Francisco art dealer who believed that chewing food until it was completely liquefied and then spitting out uh, any solids uh, was the gateway to thinness. Amazingly enough, this idea caught on to, uh, caught on in the turn of the century, and the technique became known as Fletcherizing. I'm going to start listening, letting you guys guess first. I don't <laughs> like guessing first anymore. <laughs> no, you have to keep guessing first. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, question number three. For $7.20 on Amazon, shoppers can purchase a prayer card for St. Charles Borromeo, uh, touting him as the patron saint of weight loss and obesity. <laughs> Wait, which? <laughs> <laughs> the Catholic Church appointed him this because, one, he cut off portions of his body to feed the poor during a famine in Italy. Ooh, God. Two, he miraculously healed a cow that was suffering from extreme bloat by laying his hands on her. Or three, they didn't. There is no Catholic <laughs> saint of obesity or weight loss. I Three, because I feel like I would... You would have heard about yeah. this person. Being, being, my my being various a, complexes. Being as, a Catholic school dropout. Yes. And also the <laughs> heavy research that Trevor does on all things obesity related. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with three just because I've learned to trust Trevor's. Judgment. <laughs> Dan? Yeah, I'm going to go with three too. All uh, right. The answer is in fact number three. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you do the search for patron saint of obesity or weight loss, you get like four or five different people, none of none of which are actually endorsed by the Catholic Church. No. Oh, okay. Uh, it's sort of interesting. Um, and continuing along with our mystic weight loss journey, <laughs> according to the Wiccan website, The Traveling Witch, 
What danger should you be aware of when casting a spell to achieve weight loss? What danger should we be aware of? Yes. Uh, diarrhea. <laughs> One, weight loss potions are, by necessity, extremely potent and rank-smelling. Make sure to keep plenty of air fresheners on hand. Clove-studded oranges are a favorite. Do not brew an enclosed space and warn the neighbors beforehand. So what Dan said. <laughs> well, no, no, that's coming from the potion. I was thinking. <laughs> or two, if you're not specific enough, the weight can come off in undesirable ways. <laughs> Be careful not to end up losing a limb or ending up bedridden and losing all of your muscle mass because you cast a spell to lose weight and not fat specifically. So what Dan said. <laughs> <laughs> or three, demons. You must be careful of inviting in unwanted carbohydrate demons that may maliciously expand your waistline. I think if you go down the path of dieting, you've already invited demons. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to go with demons just because I hope that's actually true. <laughs> I'm going to go with two. If you're not specific enough, you may yes. lose body parts. Uh, Dan. Uh, yeah, it's it's probably two, but I like three much more. <laughs> Go for three. And we'll Trevor lose together. Is batting pretty strong today. He always does. Number two, if you're not specific enough, uh, you may lose body parts or muscle. Do you, you have, have any to? idea how infuriating it is to live with someone who is always right? <laughs> I mean, my my garbage brain not only collects information about the Catholic Church <laughs> and uh, its adjacency to obesity, but also um, I have been on the past, like the past couple of months, reading a lot of stuff about witchcraft. Well, um, yeah, and like you have, as long as I've known you, you've always been interested in like sort of the arcane and the macabre and yeah. tarot card readings and, you know, Wiccan rituals and I stuff like that. I will say in doing the research for this, like the uh, Catholic and Christian weight loss websites, we're very focused on getting the pounds off for Jesus. Whereas <laughs> losing the, it for Jesus, we're <laughs> getting hot for Jesus. Whereas the Wiccan ones I read, we're always like, okay, so yes, there are weight loss spells. We do not recommend these. We instead recommend these rituals to improve self-image and self-worth and focusing on the being as a whole, uh, which I thought was a much healthier approach to it. So Wiccan at any size. <laughs> <laughs> That's W-A-E. Hashtag W-A-E. Uh, so that is our trivia riff for the day. Uh, well, and so there's a, the world's pretty crazy right now, but we have a breaking Lizzo watch. <laughs> Trevor, what time is it? It's Lizzo Watch 2020. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> obviously, I, once again, it's so crazy to think about, like, what is going to be going on with coronavirus by the time this drops. But right now, uh, everyone, there's, has been, everyone has been emphasizing washing your hands mm -hmm. and the traditional um, song you're supposed to sing in your head or out loud when you wash your hands is happy birthday you sing happy birthday twice twice yes oh, okay uh basically it's like at least like 20 to 30 seconds is what you're supposed to be singing i've been doing it four times at double speed is that okay yeah <laughs> just i mean if, if the name my brain works if the well, happy, you're not supposed to do it like an r&b singer you'll be there washing your hands for hours happy birthday happy birthday happy birthday michael new theme song. everyone now immediately okay. <laughs> um no but so his hands are so clean <laughs> people have been suggesting other songs more contemporary songs to 
wash your hands too, including mm. the chorus from Lizzo's Good as Hell. Ah. So the hair toss, check my nails. Maybe how you doing? Feeling good <laughs> as hell. Hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you doing? Feeling good, good as hell. hell. So you do if you do that twice. <laughs> um, but I have actually, so I've been doing that, but I've been going like uh, hand wash, check my nails. <laughs> um, this explains why our bathroom is just so wet because of the hand gestures you make while you're mm-hmm. in the faucet. Well, there's well, all you're <laughs> singing. You got a gesture along with the song. They're it's actually so hard all, to wash your hands when you're making jazz hands. <laughs> there are specific that like hand things you're supposed to do, which. I mean, I know how to wash my hands, I, but it's like you're supposed to like. This, he's showing us like right this. now. Just so you know, he's showing yeah. us. <laughs> you're supposed to. This is called scratching the puppy, milking the cow. <laughs> there's, there's a whole lot of. Uh, you realize you have to put a video of this on the website. <laughs> Scratch the puppy. Yeah. Pet the cow. All right. I'm going to turn my camera's video function on right no, now. I'm not. I'm not. Tiver, one, I'm two, gonna, three, go. There's going to be a. Show us, show us scratching the puppy. I will post a graphic with the. Uh, <laughs> do it. The do it. Do I'm it, not, not going to scratch the puppy. Oh, this come on. You scratching took a video the of me. puppy. And what was the other and one? And then milking the cow. There you go. Uh, there's like Good massaging. <laughs> what, farm animal, what farm animal do we massage? The chicken, if it's yeah, a little you bloated, and the chicken. <laughs> it's not laying any eggs. Do not choke it. Dan's dreaming of drumsticks it. right now. Uh, but was, so, that our, was that our Lizzo watch? That's our Lizzo. That's the that's the, uh, the tip and Lizzo watch all in one. All uh, in one. The sing good as hell as you wash your hands. What is going to happen by next week? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just don't don't think about it. Just uh, take a deep breath and accept that the world is ending. Yeah. Uh, Dan and I, as we talked about in our travel episode, we're, suppo- <laughs> we're supposed to be going to London. That, that's not happening. It's, Dan's like still like, well, maybe I don't think we'll be able to get back. It is not. Go. Don't take his dreams from him. <laughs> it is not canceled. We are still going. I, <laughs> I was. We're not going. <laughs> Dan was in the other room and I was like, it's not happening. No, I was supposed to travel to Boston this weekend. And uh, yeah, that's not happening either. So sorry. Um, <laughs> so maybe tell us on social media what you're doing during, With, the, uh, during your hand washing time. <laughs> yeah. Your <what>? private. <laughs> Maybe some Aretha Franklin, some Adele. Oh, and if you've been quarantined or not. Yeah. Because yeah. my oh, sister, yeah. as of. So uh, if they're massaging the chicken or scratching the puppies. Yes. And she sent us a video. Uh, no, my older sister and her husband got quarantined. They are. <gasps> wow. I mean, not like. Not it, the ones that Michael lives with here. The ones in Seattle, I'm assuming. Yes. Oh, yeah. I guess I should have clarified. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I haven't seen them yet today. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you're. So if you're quarantined and now you're choosing to watch Sex in the City. Tell us who you think we're all, we all are. Uh, so I, it's my headcanon that. Uh. I'm Carrie. Michael's Miranda. Don is Charlotte because he's the most innocent, and Dan is Samantha. <laughs> yeah, I am. Because Dan did, is the most. Did I did I lose my crown of most innocent? <laughs> yeah, I no, guess I you're did. The, you're after the, Valentine's Day, <laughs> I after did. that full fucking thing. Yeah, we're gone. You're the hardworking work boy. <laughs> I, also, I also think once you start watching Sex in the City, you will identify as Miranda because she is just kind of like yeah. frazzled all the time. <laughs> frazzled, really thinky. Yeah. Okay. And like. Pretty horny, but also like there's an episode where she eats an eclair out of the trash, which is just funny. What do you, how? 
<laughs> it's on are the you, top of the trash. You, <laughs> okay, well, that's fair. That's fair. During your quarantine, follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. Go to our website and see all of the uh, lovely stuff we post about the episodes on uh, www.bigfatgaypod.com. Including Trevor's very, very informative hand-washing video. Oh God, I probably, I know. <laughs> I will I will do uh, edit this the, the special hand-washing graphic with the uh, Lizzo lyrics and post that. Nice. And maybe some uh, originals. Anyway, um, if you're you're if you're listening to your house because you're quarantined, <laughs> there's someone behind you, <laughs> and they're feeling good as hell. Yeah, <laughs> after washing their hands, watch out.